What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly dose of all that is pop culture and nerdum with your three favorite fat nerds. That's right, it's time for the flagship Three Fat Nerds Podcast, better known as 3FN. And of course, as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich, and technically we kind of lied to you. There is not three fat nerds this week. There's once again only two because currently Ron is currently in a courtroom listening to depositions from the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Somebody had to, to, to be the sacrificial lamb from this group. And uh, thank you, Ron, for being the hero that we needed. Not the one we wanted necessarily, but the one we needed. But joining me as he always does, well, mostly always does, he doesn't need an introduction yet. He has the longest introduction in all of podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old bearded ginger feller. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Diesel. It's the second coming of Nexium. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of second comes in Nexium. Hi-yo! Hey, with that being said, though, I hope everybody out there had a great week. It has been a real... Before we get into our personal weeks, let me just dive into the trying week as an area we've had here in the 607. <laughs> of course, you guys know that we are in the greater Binghamton, New York area. Uh, not... I think only one of us lives in Binghamton City Limits. However, our studio is in Binghamton yes. City Limits. But with that being said, uh, it's been a trying time because we have literally hit every season in the last week, including some heavy snow. And not heavy in the amount of snow. Just the fact that the snow was so fucking heavy, it brought down power lines and stuff. And uh, most of our area was without power for a good little bit of time. For the majority of people, it was like two days. Yeah. Majority was like, yeah, the average was like two days. But with that being said, some lost their power for up to four days. Yeah. Some people like Diesel never lost his power. So if you want to be mad and send hate mail, send it to at Big Natty Cool on Twitter. And then there's people like me who only lost it for a short period of time. But... Uh, yeah, it was pretty fucking crazy. So I hope all of you, if you live in the greater Binghamton area, so for anybody listening to us locally in the 607, I hope you and your families were all right during this trying time. But it was fucking crazy just to get that one out of the way. Yeah. Holy shit, it was a trying time. It pushed back the live stream. Instead, we because the A122 Production Studios was out without power for a few days. Uh we had to. We just recorded six oh seven TWS last week and just put it out on podcast form, which I hope you guys enjoyed. But this week we'll be returning to Twitch.tv slash six oh seven podcast to do it live. Uh, it's it's been a, it's been a fucking crazy crazy trying time, but uh, we made it through it and here we are. With that being said, Diesel, I know you had a very busy week. Uh, how to let the folks know about how your week went? Yeah, it was, it was a busy week with the uh, the storm and people losing power. My uh, my current job was out of work for two days because they didn't have power at either of their buildings, so. Those two days were good. I spent a lot of time napping. That was great. But then, you know, come back in on Thursday, we had three days worth of stuff to do. It got really busy. And then Friday night, I came here to Dragon Master Games for the Streets of New Capenna pre-release to help work. 
Uh, I stayed until a little bit after midnight just so I could get some sleep and then spent the entire weekend here between uh, pre-releases and a Warhammer tournament. It was a long weekend here at Dragon Master Games. Did you get to play any of the new set? Nope. But nope. you did get to see it. How does it look? It looks pretty fun. Um, the flavor of the set I'm not a big fan of. It's pretty much uh, Magic the Sopranos. Oh. But not not really in a cool way. It's just like they actually have cards with uh, like titled Sleep with the Fishes. That is interesting. <laughs> but it's just like it, the world of Magic the Gathering and, you know, like mafia type stuff really doesn't like mesh well, I don't think. I agree with that. I could agree with so that. So it, it just seems kind of weird. But people did seem to enjoy the set. It seemed to be a lot of fun. So who knows? Um, but we're going to be busy here at Dragon Master Games in the coming weeks because we got Popper 1K this upcoming week and a modern 2k the following weekend and then a pioneer 1k the following weekend after that damn diesel is busy busy (laughs) busy uh just like diesel this past week i had two days extra off of work which kind of sucks for the paycheck but is always uh good for the the rest and relaxation because my job was also without power for a couple days uh i got some stuff done around the house uh then of course the thursday rolled around i went with the upstate merch crew where i work we went out to do upstate movie night actually they went double dip they saw two movies that night they saw the movie that me and you ended up going see on a sunday that we'll be talking about later of course uh but i also got to see the northman uh at 8 p.m that night so that's cool and uh we were going to do a secondary review but but uh we'll give you a spoiler alert uh because there was no new movies that we really want to see next week we are i'm just gonna go with diesel and next week we're going to review the northman as part of the 3fn movie club review of course this week we are doing the unbearable weight of massive talent i got it right this time uh we we're, that's going to be this week's 3fn movie club review which me and diesel went to see on sunday i did steal him away for the two hours pretty yep. much that the movie ran so that was cool uh i watched a lot of wrestling gcw weekend so i ken m and myself watched that there's other wrestling on i was hanging out with the kid went uh to homer new york for a lacrosse game for my my kid so that was pretty cool uh spent some time with the family and uh yeah yeah overall cannot complain it was a great week uh because also in this area it was really nice all weekend and of course it's going to be getting cold again this week so (laughs) we really are in the weirdest area of all but uh i can't complain about my week a lot of cool stuff went down so hope everybody at home also had wonderful wonderful weeks but before we go any further I think we need to tell you guys how you guys can get a hold of us at any given time. And of course, you can hit us up on social media. First of all, Facebook, Three Fat Nerds Podcast. Like and share the page. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Three Fat Nerds Pod. Remember to use that hashtag 3FNPod whenever talking about the show. Of course, we uh, if you want to find out any information about the show, including the you know everything I just talked about and more, you can go to our website, 8122productions.com. There you can find the link to the Public store. You can help buy and support something for the show while getting yourself some cool swag. More is going to be on the way very shortly. Also, also while you're there, you can find out about twitch.tv slash podcast. Make sure you're following us over there because it's absolutely free. If you're a wrestling fan, every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, myself and Ken M. from the ODPH podcast talk all things pro wrestling on 607TWS. Of course, you can watch the replay also there because we leave it up. Or if you prefer podcast form, get it wherever you get great podcasts by searching 607TWS. We talk all things pro wrestling. It's a lot, a lot of fun. And more importantly, we do movie nights and stuff over there occasionally on that uh, on the Twitch channel. But, but coming up this Saturday, 
April the 30th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be live as we are going to give you guys the 3FN four-year anniversary extravaganza. And uh, for that, we are going to actually be talking about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And I will clarify this portion. What we're going to be talking about is not a review. We are just going to talk about how when you watch that movie with adult eyes, there's a lot of blatantly things that we did not catch as kids. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. That's going to be a real fun time. Join us Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch for that. Also, we'll be releasing that the very next day on podcast form if you prefer to listen to us here on podcast. So keep your eye out for that and so much more. So good times. Great vibes this weekend. Of course, also on the website, you can find the link for Patreon, but I'm going to give it to you right now. Patreon.com slash 8122productions for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content, including the Three Fat Nerds podcast, uncut, uncensored, and uncooked each and every week. And you get it before everybody else because we put it up the same night because there's no editing. It's unedited. And that means you get extra bonus stuff in the beginning. And then there's the middle part. You get bonus stuff. It's amazing. Plus, you get other bonus stuff as well, including 3FN After Dark which there'll be big announcements of that in the near future. On top of all of that, you can find out about bands that support the show by letting us play their music, such as the band that you hear do our theme music every week. That is Shout at the Robots and so many others and local sponsors, etc., 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 etc. It is your one-stop shop, 8122productions.com. And I've hit the warning track, Diesel, and we finished <laughs> up. And of course, if you forget any of those things, they are listed in the hyperlinks in the liner notes of this very podcast. That was a little longer talking about the 3FN four-year anniversary extravaganza. Because, of course, that's overdue. A couple weeks ago was our four-year anniversary. Yep. But uh, there was a lot of things going on at the shop and a lot of <laughs> things going on in our life. So this was the first time we could do it. So we're very, very excited. Stop by. We usually have a lot of fun. It's uh, it's a good way to be a part of it is on Twitch. Also, like I said, we will be str- we will be putting it out in podcast form as well because we'll be recording, and it's just a lot of fun, guys. Just a lot of fun. With that being said, I want to make a show note real quick because I know you guys are used to certain things. This uh, week there wasn't a ton of news, so after the news segment, we're going to go right into Diesel's movie triple stuff with the box office, with uh, the upcoming films, and of course. The top three, then we will take a break. And when we come back from the break, it will be the 3FN Movie Club, where we will be reviewing the unbearable weight of massive talent. So, with that being said, I think, Diesel, it is now time for... This week's edition of the Nerd News. Bing, bang, boom. Yeah. Woo! And uh, it was a pretty slow week. Yeah. For us, at least. I know that uh, there was a D&D announcement that came out, but we'll wait till Ron's back yep. next week off of assignment because Diesel has dipped his toe in the D&D world, and uh, I have no idea what's going on in D&D. I'm going to be honest. I've never played. Not that I'm opposed to it. We've all been talked yeah. that we're going to do, do a stream for it. We should. We'll make that happen sometime this spring or summer. I promise. I promise. As things have now gotten a little easier in that department. But... We do have a couple items of news, and one of the items we do want to talk about, because we do love it, is Star Wars. And of course, there is a new Star Wars uh, series coming to Disney Plus in the upcoming future, and that movie, uh, that show is called Star Wars The Acolyte. Um, 
As it goes, this is a report that was put out there for by Variety and says the Star Wars universe has been thriving on Disney Plus with a streaming service finding new and innovative ways to capture the magic of a galaxy far, far away. Among the Star Wars projects that the service has is Star Wars The Acolyte, a show that is being described as a martial arts influence, influence mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. The series is being showrun by Russian Doll and Sleeping with Other People alum uh, Leslie Headland, and it, and it was announced earlier this year that The Hunger Games' Amandala Steinberg is in talks for the lead role. A new report from the Illuminati potentially shines even more light on the series, both when it's filming and what its, uh, what its supporting cast could look like. According to the reporting, the Acolyte is now expected to begin production on October of 2022 and wrap by May of 2023. While this is much later than fans had expected, the series to start filming, it at least provides an inkling of when other elements of the series could come together. In terms of the supporting cast, the report claims that the Acolyte is seeking a Caucasian man in his 50s to play Paul, who will be a series regular on the show and will seemingly only be part of it for one season. The show is also reportedly looking to cast a young black girl and potentially identical twins to, tr to portray 8 to 10 years old to play Miri, who is described as a lead guest star. There you go. Okay. And there's other things out there. So it's still got a little ways away. So since it won't be wrapped until 2023, we probably won't see it until the end of 2023 or beginning of 2024. How are you feeling about uh, this news out of the accolade, which we had no news up to this point really about, except for a little shell? Yeah. Uh, no idea what it's going to be about because they're still really tight-lipped about that, but they're hitting home runs with all their Star Wars products lately, so I'm in for anything. Like, more more content, more better. Yeah, I'm with it. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge uh, Star Wars fan, and everything that they've done for Disney Plus outside of the saga stuff yep. has been phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, like every original, like even you got to count it. They kicked it off with Rogue One. That was an original. And uh, it's been killer. The Mandalorian, of course. Yep. A big fan of Book of Boba Fett. You know, and, and, and we got more planned coming up. Even with like the Star Wars Visions, the little anime shorts, like I might not have liked all the styles of them, but I did enjoy the storytelling of all of them. And this sounds like it might be like like something based off of like what they're doing in those. Just, you know, flesh it out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see this. And like I said, a martial arts form. That, that's yeah. cool. High Republic era, I'm in. Yep. I'm fucking in, baby. Uh, the only other thing we're going to talk about this week in the news is that the internet, once again, has lost its goddamn mind. And listen, man, I don't care what side anybody falls politically. I don't care what side anybody falls with views. Sometimes I just get tired of the fake outrage. And once again... Chris Pratt has found himself in the middle of the fakest of fucking fake outrages. And I'm sorry. I'm sure somebody out there is going to say, well, you know, this and this and that. Okay, I understand. But you are only going on what you've been told and heard and not going by. And we're going to touch on that. Don't worry. But the outrage all started, Diesel, from the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. Yep. So during the Thor Love and Thunder trailer, there was a scene where Star-Lord is looking, I want to point out, looking back at the ship and looking at his crew, which is his friends, his family, and states, if you ever feel lost, just look into the eyes of the people that you love. At this point in juncture, uh, in a comedy part, uh, you have Thor peep his head up, and Thor goes, 
he, he Thor puts his feathers there, and then Star Lord goes, uh, you know, no, kind of looks away from him, like looking around him because yeah. it's there. And then he goes, uh, not me. And then Thor replies with, what? Just listening. But it's just like a funny portion of a statement because basically he's talking into his crew, saying that he loves his crew. This is why I do it. He doesn't love Thor. <laughs> okay. Which we know from. Their interactions in what was it, Endgame, where they were introduced to each other? Yes. And well, that, I think originally they, I think they did that at a bit part yeah. together in Infinity War. Yeah, but the whole thing was Star Lord was jealous of you know Gamora's reaction to Thor, you know how everybody reacted to having Thor on board. That's the whole joke. Was he is you know insecure about himself based off being next to a god? <laughs> so. <laughs> Like everything in a movie, Chris Pratt is not Star-Lord. He plays the character of Star-Lord. Because at the end of the day, Diesel, and I know you'll enjoy this one, Star Wars, Star-Lord, Star-Lord, can we agree is... Okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. Correct? Fictional character. Correct. So the internet lost his mind saying that that scene was homophobic. Mind you, he didn't write the scene. He didn't shoot the scene. He just merely acted in the scene. And to me, I was like, oh, it's a good joke. At this one time, it's heartwarming because, hey, he loves his crew. He loves the Guardians. That's why he's doing what he does. And then Thor popping in made the comedy moment. It takes a serious moment, kind of turns a little bit of comedy. Something that you do in writing. So good on the writer and, of course, the director, James Gunn. They're the ones that came out there. They had a company edit the trailer together, but they're the ones that shot this fucking thing, right? So first of all, how does it come on Chris Pratt? Well, of course it comes on Chris Pratt because everybody goes after him because he is a he, he admits to being a Christian, yep. and allegedly people like to think that he is part of some church that's homophobic, allegedly. <sighs> and the reason I say he may or may not be, I don't know. I don't go to that church. Diesel doesn't go to that church, and nobody making these claims goes to that church. <sighs> but allegedly, people who don't know anybody are having a tizzy about a scene from a fucking trailer. And also, this connection with some church. How do you feel about that portion? The church is not the one funding this trailer to <laughs> propagate, you know, anti-gay rhetoric. It's just not happening. It. Wow. Okay. All right. So go ahead. The, the church. I don't know the church's belief system, what their views are. I don't know how progressive a church they are or whatnot. But it has zero bearing. On the product that Marvel is putting out there. Zero bearing. I agree. I agree. Because it's not like Marvel or Disney or James Gunn go to this church. It's not like this church funded Guardians of the Galaxy or Thor Love and Thunder. I mean, first of all, the irony that people are bitching about a church thing when Thor is a god, a pagan god, a Norse god, is, is fucking hilarious to begin with. And the last time I remember an actor using their newfound church to affect their roles that they were taking or how their characters were was a kid on Two and a Half Men and what the fuck ever happened to him. Or, or, or you know, we could go with Isaac Hayes because yep. of Search Scientology. Yep. Uh, Scientologists go that route. Yeah, Not not shitting yeah. on him. I'm just saying. And once again, the reason that uh, to not like an actor or a performance or whatever has nothing to do with on their, their church. I'm not a big fan yeah. of the Church of Scientology. We all know this. I know I make jokes and it gets Diesel's butthole tight, but let's be honest. I just think it's it's fucking stupid, right? It's a call. It's stupid. I know somebody at home might get offended by that. Fuck you. <laughs> but at the same point in Juncture... It's not a call. Dianetics is a very popular book, and their belief system is a valid one. Uh, yeah, you were paid to say that by the Church of Scientology. 
It's like they have your mother. Actually, if they had your mother kidnapped, you wouldn't say that. Anyways, with that being said, uh, I, I just look at it like this. I don't base anything off anybody's belief. It doesn't change my opinion of a badass Tom Cruise film or a badass John Travolta film or insert name of any actor who is a fucking Scientologist. I'm a huge That 70s Show guy. Danny Masterson, a fucking Scientologist, right? Uh, there's other reasons he got canceled. Yeah. But a Scientologist. It doesn't affect me, his beliefs. Yep. doesn't affect me and Chris Pratt's beliefs. And if it affects you that way, then just don't go. Show with your dollar to not go. Don't go see the new Guardians movie. Don't go see the new Thor Love and Thunder movie. I'm sure most of us will still go, and they'll still make a shit ton of money, and it won't fucking matter. There's a lot of people out there that have personal beliefs, and it's none of our business. Now, mind you, you could get into this altruistic thing and, and whatever, whatever, but do you know, have you ever attended this church? Are you just going on something that you heard from somebody else? I would say if you're in the area of his church, maybe attend the church, maybe find out if they're really anti-LGBTQ. Do I stand by the church? No. Once again, that's not my place. Yeah. I'm not a religious person. Neither is Diesel. <sighs> but at the same point in juncture, I don't understand how you crucify an actor who plays... Okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. I don't understand how you crucify them for a belief that has no bearing on the script, no bearing on the studio, the direction, anything else. Because it's not like this was funded by whatever local fucking church he goes to. This is funded by Marvel slash Disney. The script was written by James Gunn and his brother. Or actually, no, this is the Thor one, so it's written by Taika Waititi. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot that we weren't doing Guardians. <laughs> okay. yeah. But anyways, and it was shot by Taika Waititi. <sighs> which, once again, Taika Waititi, also not a Christian. Yep. So I don't see where Christian values ever came in. And sorry that I made that mistake earlier, because I'm assuming, because once again, I forgot Guardians, Thor, yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter. Whether it's Taika Waititi or fucking James Gunn, there was nothing written for... A church and this what scene was it it's a tongue-in-cheek scene that we've seen a million times in marvel movies there is a jealousy i wouldn't say hatred but there's a dislike yeah. and jealousy between star lord and thor star lord's making this beautiful statement and looking at his crew and then thor comes into your screen of view and he's like not you yeah. <laughs> what i was just listening yeah and that, that was a great part of that whole relationship too was star lord is jealous and insecure about that Thor is oblivious that he's feeling this way. He just wants to be liked by everybody. It has nothing to do with any church, though. It's so weird. And I want to point this out here. I'm gonna. We're going to talk about the second part of this. And this is why I'm a James Gunn guy. Yeah. Because James Gunn, whenever somebody comes after one of his actors, whenever somebody comes after one of his friends, he is the first person who does not give a fuck about his career. Yep. He does not give a fuck about anything else. He is a loyal person, and you can tell. And that's why the crew was loyal to him, and that's why he's back after being attempted to be canceled. <laughs> but uh, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 director James Gunn recently spoke out against the rumors concerning star Chris Pratt and his religious beliefs and affiliations. Uh, when the social media user suggested Marvel Studios should replace Pratt, Gunn responded, for what, question mark, because of your made-up, utterly false beliefs about him question mark for something that someone else told you about him that's not true question mark he later revealed i know the church he currently goes to do you question mark and then in parentheses the answer is you don't but you heard from someone who heard from someone who heard from someone where he goes to church so decided yeah okay i'll believe this terrible thing i heard online about this celebrity exclamation point and parentheses fuck yeah james fucking guy I'm just saying, 
Uh, if we had more people in Hollywood that defended people and were loyal to people, some of this shit would go away. And I'm, once again, if it offends you, then you know what you can do? Just not watch. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. If you're not happy that the new Black Panther movie is not going to have a Black Panther, because why would we shit on Chadwick Boseman's legacy? If you're upset, if you're upset that they're not doing that, then it might not be for you. If you're upset that, that Brie Larson wasn't all you wanted in a Captain Marvel, then it might not be for you. If you're upset that the Eternals fucking sucked, then it wasn't for you. Keep it fucking pushing. You can say your opinion and say, hey, I didn't like the movie because of the X, Y, and Z. But as soon as you start getting into this, we should fire this person and get rid of that person all over some stuff that you that nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about. I think that's where we all need to take a step back and just shut the fuck up. I don't know. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. Unless your name is Kirk Cameron or Angus uh, Young, I don't care what your beliefs are. Now, those two, they made their beliefs affect their oh, job. They shove, it down their th- they shove it down everybody's throat whenever they can. Yep. There's a difference. If yep. you're living out loud like that and people criticize you, okay, I'm fine with that. And you want to know why? Because you brought it on yourself. Yep. But Chris Pratt has not, to my, you know, he's on his private things, he's put, brought stuff up, but never to anything to do with Marvel or Disney has he ever gone, okay, well, because of my church, I'm not going to do this. I don't know. Okay. It seems like they must be pretty progressive because he does some pretty fucking uh, questionable things in these movies. And, and if... if if his church was that anti-LGBTQ and he wanted to get away from all that, he would retire from acting because, to use the terms from our our youth, Hollywood's full of fucking sissies. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. there's nothing wrong with that. But that's So he's a churchgoer and the church supposedly doesn't like gays, but he's in an industry that is filled with them. And I'm sure he has no problems with the people that he works with that are in that community because most people don't in these days and ages. I'll take it a step further. <laughs> I'm not offended. My mom is gay. Yeah. I mean, that's I've been. I, my mom is a lesbian. I've been pretty honest uh, about that in the past. So it's not like some fucking shocker here. And I've grew. I grew up in the gay community. My aunt owns a fucking gay bar. Yeah. Okay. Let's just throw that out there. So I've grown up in the LGBTQ plus community. I've been to more pride parades and fucking uh, pride picnics than than most people, than, than probably most straight people, unless you grew up in the same community. And you know what? I'm not saying that means me better than you, but if I'm not offended and my mom is not offended and other gay people I know are not offended, who the fuck are who's walking around trying to be offended by everything all the time? Like, I just don't get it. I This is a non-issue to me for a trailer it comes up. A fucking trailer for what I got to be the point of the fucking. I don't understand how you take anything from that. Yeah, he didn't want to look at him because he's he's homophobic. Is is Thor gay? I thought Thor was straight. He was, isn't he? With uh, yeah, Valkyrie's bi, but Thor is straight. Yeah, but now Loki, Loki, now Loki, go, ooh, Loki, dude, Loki, good egg. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, Tom Hiddleston. hmm. Mm -hmm. Listen, I, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. Mm No, no jokes, no jokes. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston makes he's it. He's on. He's on the. He's on the list. He's on the list. He's on him. Jared Leto on the list. Yeah. Ah, he's on the bottom part of the list, though. So. Oh, literally, be the bottom. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Indeed, indeed. So, for those of you who thought that we were homophobic, <laughs> test me. <laughs> Please. If I, get the, if, if I get the opportunity to make out with Jared Leto, I, my wife already knows. Hall pass. I'm yep. just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. I'll even listen to his uh, his pitch for Morbius too. <laughs> That's how much he gets a pass. <laughs> oh, that was movie was so bad, so bad. I'll watch it with him, just, oh. just so I can hold hands. Yep. Ugh. 
popcorn trick. <laughs> Good lord. Ooh. Hello. He, he doing the popcorn or you doing the popcorn? Uh, either way. Either, either way. way. I'm good. I'm good. It's good. Extra butter. Anyways, <laughs> with that being said, though, I just don't get it. This is one of those fake outrages. That's how you know it was a slow media week. Just throwing yeah. it out there. But uh, with that being said, Diesel, I think it's about time that we hit him with some fun because we like to end in some fun. So let's hit up that Diesel's movie. Triple stuff. And what was this week's box office? All right. Box office this week. It was... Not a huge week for the movies, but coming in at number five is a movie we'll be talking about later, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, with $7.2 million. I wish it would have done more, but you know what? I'm not surprised that it was a little lower. Yep. Also debuting this week is another movie that you saw and that we'll be seeing later this week, The Northman, with $12 million. You asked me if a recommendation, I will say this even ahead of next week where we don't do it. I recommend to see this movie. Very good movie. Number three, for its second week on the list, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, with only pulling in $14 million. That has definitely been whew, way under. Do you think that, I just have to ask you a question. Do you think some of that is on Ezra Miller? Do you think some of that is on Johnny Depp? Or do you think it's just because people are tired of that franchise? I, I Yeah, I think it's a little bit of, not so much Ezra Miller. I don't think the people are going to see this really care about that. But definitely the recasting of the Johnny Depp character. To, what, Mads Mikkelsen is doing that role now? I do believe so. And I, I just don't think that the the prequels to the Harry Potter stuff is really the hotness. Like it's it's not it's yeah. this is not Harry Potter. It's Harry yeah. Potter adjacent, and people yeah. just never went for it. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, number two, though, uh, still making some decent money for the third week on the list. Sonic the Hedgehog two with fifteen point two million. Love that movie. Yeah. And then debuting this week at number one with $24 million, another animated kids movie, The Bad Guys. I have not seen it, but I do want to see it because it looks cute as shit. Yeah, it does look cute. I might cool. still go see it. Yeah. Uh, it does look like a cute movie. If I had a young child, my, my kid's 16, <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's, a little, it's a little hard-pressed to get him to go see the kids' movies. I would definitely take a, a kid to see that movie. What do we got coming up next week, though? Uh, coming up this week, we have Firebird, Memory, Hatching, Vortex. Nothing we're going to watch this week for next week's movie review. That's why we're going to do The Northman next week to take it to a little time instead of doing an extra one. And then next week, it's the big one. Doctor Strange and the Multitude of uh, Multiverse of Madness. It almost said the multitude. Yeah, it did. That have been okay. (laughs) For some reason, you and Marvel films, it's just like Spider-Way, No Man Home. Yep. Uh, But anyways, yes. uh, Doctor Strange 2, we got our tickets already. We're going on Thursday. Group is is full effect. Can't wait to see it. Uh, Dude. This yeah. movie looks great. Yeah. I don't think we have to put it over any more than that. And with that being said, Diesel, that means it's time for the top three. What is this week's top three? All right, we're going for the big one. Your top three favorite Nicolas Cage movies. Oh, man. I wish I could say this is hard. I, I, did, I made a joke that my number, I'm not going to say because I want to <laughs> say my number one last, obviously. But my number one, I said it was going to go in all three slots. Yep. But I'm not putting it in all three slots. At number three, I have Mandy. Yep. Uh, I loved it. It was a very good film. If you haven't seen Bandy, uh, a lot of every, uh, pretty much every horror fan I know loved the movie. It was really a really cool role for Nicolas Cage. Uh, number two, we're going to go back to the old school, The Rock. I love The Rock. Him and Sean Connery. It was, it's a great fucking movie. Yep. Great fucking movie. If you've never seen The Rock, I suggest seeing it. As a matter of fact, at one point in Juncture, before they made the movie, they had a, they had pitched it as a J- James Bond film, yeah. where Sean Connery was going to be playing 007, and that's where he went after he uh, retired, quote-unquote. Yeah. And uh, they decided against it. But that's why there's a lot of Bond overtones yeah. in the film, if you notice. So they kept those in there. 
And so I look at it as a Bond fan. I look at it as an unofficial Bond film. And then number one, and I, in my opinion, the greatest Nicolas Cage movie of all time, Con Air, baby. Con Air. How do you go wrong, Con Air? You have John Malkovich. You have Danny Treu, one of our favorite people on the planet. You have Steve Buscemi. You got Bubba from Forrest Gump. Yep. Bubba. I, I only wish he would have talked like Bubba. It'd be great. Oh. You, got, you got Dave Chappelle and so many more. It's a fucking great movie. Great movie. Con Air, my number one Nick Cage movie. Diesel, what is your top three Nick Cage movies? All right. I got to preface this. I actually have two separate top threes. Younger Me, I'm right with you. Con Air, number one. The Rock, number two. Number three, Face Off. But your taste changes as you grow older. Ah, see, mine, mine didn't in the fact of Nick Cage, damn it. All right. Coming in at number three, It Could Happen to You. Good movie. Yep. A really good movie. I really appreciate it now that I'm a lot older. On uh, number two, and this is a throwback to Jared Leto as well, Lord of War. Very good movie. Very actually. good. Very movie. good movie. Underrated movie. Yep. And then my number one is probably the uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Actually, it makes my top twenty list easily. Bringing out the dead. Ah, that is a good movie. That's a really. I always, good... I always forget he's in that. Yep. You know, there's a there's a whole. You got to remember, there's a whole bunch of Nick Cage movies out there because he's done a shit ton of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I would also throw in there for horror. Mom and Dad, very entertaining, yep. good movie. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Willie Willie's Wonderland, also another fun one in the horror genre that he's done as of late. Yep. Uh, go back today, Guarding Tess. Yep. Some of the older uh, listeners, that very good. Uh, Nick Cage has had a hell of a career, man. Yep. Hell of a career. He did a one of the I, I can't remember the name of the movie, but he did a movie with uh, uh, David Caruso, and he plays a mob. Bob Boss. Okay. Now, the only reason I remember is he's bench pressing a girl in a in like a junkyard scenario. It was the first time that I realized how jacked yeah. Nick Cage was because before this he always played kind of like the geeky guy, like Peggy Sue got married yeah. and and uh, raising Arizona. He was always Arizona. like scrawny arm. He always well, they always covered him up. Yeah. And then uh, he also did the, the the lotto when he won the lotto. Yeah, it could happen to you. It could happen to you. Uh, so you had all those. You had all of those movies. And then you had this movie, and I can't remember what it was called. I, I, I'll have to get back to you guys. I know it's bad, but I never remember the name of the movie. And I just remember seeing him bench press a chick in like a junkyard setting, and you realize how massive he yeah. is. And then you see Con Air later on, and you're like, holy yeah. shit. Like, Nick Cage is fucking built. Yeah, Nick Cage is he's solid. He's a solid dude. Uh, but with that being said, that top three was an honor. Of course, this week's 3FN Movie Club is going to be our review of... The unden uh, the un was undeniable weight of massive talent or unbearable the unbearable, <laughs> unbearable. weight of massive <laughs> yeah. talent. See, I keep saying these names in the movies wrong. They need to name movies more simple these yep. days. God damn it! But that's going to come up right after the break. Uh, during the break, you're going to hear all about our good friends over at Livestream for the Cure, which. Myself and Kenna from the ODPH will be taking part in. We will be on at, on Friday, May 21st from the 11 p.m. to midnight time slot, closing out the day on Friday night. A lot of our other friends in podcasting have time slots. We are going to the, the live stream for the cure is to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute of America. Uh, very good cause. Goal this year is 20K. I know that uh, they're going to get there, and we can. Uh, this is the third year that myself and Ken have been a part of this. We always look at this as a highlight of our year. There is going to be all the information during this promo spot in the break. Uh, so you can find out where to donate early, find out where you can watch it. And uh, we will have more information over the next couple weeks because just like last year, myself and Ken have decided we are going to do, if you do an early uh, donation or even on the day of $20 or more to them, and you show us proof of that, we will send you a shirt. 
Uh, we're going to do the shirt design. We're not opening it up right now. If you want to do it, we will retroactively do it for you, but we haven't opened that up. Also, we are going to be doing something that's a lot of fun from 11 to 12, where we'll be giving stuff away as well. Right. So donations and stuff are a key. It's going to be a lot of fun. Cannot wait to do it. So you're going to hear all about that during the break. And when we come back, it'll be time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. Hello everyone, my name is Nick. I'm the host of Nikolai's Kitchen and I'm also the host of the annual live stream for The Cure. Livestream for the Cure is a charity event where we raise money with content creators and podcast partners from around the world for the Cancer Research Institute, a wonderful nonprofit researching cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This is a mission and a future that I truly believe in. And myself and my team worked tirelessly over the past five years to raise over $50,000 for this cause. This year, we're aiming for our biggest single goal to date of $20,000, and we cannot do it without your help. Please join us for the event May 19th through the 21st, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern for 45 hours of content from people all over the world. Together, we can bring hope for a future immune to cancer. The more eyes we reach, the more dollars we raise. Please help us in making this goal a reality. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome back to the Three Fat Nerds movie review of the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah, I just wanted you to do that because I felt <laughs> your, your sexy voice over the sultry, oh. sultry rhythm of some Leanne Rhymes would be perfect. Whatever happened to Leanne Rhymes? I, I, I heard she went off to make a nice little family for herself. But we're not here to talk about Leanne Rhymes. But the reason we played that is because it's from one of the greatest Nick Cage movies of all time, and that is Con Air. That is right. And of course, that plays a role in the movie we're talking about for this week's 3FN Movie Club. And that, of course, is the unbearable weight of massive talent. And as always, we are going to bring this to you in sections. So the first section is going to be all spoiler free. We're going to give you all of the numbers and all of the people involved in the movie. We're going to give you the spoiler free synopsis of the film. And most importantly, we're going to give you our recommendation why or why not you should go see this film. There you go. Then... We're going to play the spoiler alert. After the spoiler alert, we're going to talk all spoilers as we give you our full-on review of The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, at which time, uh, you know, good, bad, the ugly, and then we'll give our scores and also play the game. Of course, we're playing the solo game again, so it's you against yourself. I know all about that life. (laughs) All right, Diesel. With that being said, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent came out. On March 12th, 2022 at South by Southwest, but April 22nd, 2022, everywhere else. Runtime of 107 minutes. Uh, the production company was Saturn Films and Burr Productions, and it is distributed by Lionsgate. No surprise there. It was written by Tom Gromekin and Kevin Etten, and it's just directed by Tom Gromekin. It's produced by Nicolas Cage, Mike Nolan, Kristen Burr, and Kevin Turin. Cinematography by Nigel Buck, edited by Melissa Breath Thornton, and music by Mark Isham. It stars Nicolas Cage, Pedro Pascal, Sharon Horgan, Tiffany Haddish, Ike Barnholtz, Alessandra Mastinardi, Jacob Cepio, Neil Patrick Harris, and more. 
Of course, this movie had a budget of $30 million, and currently it's got a worldwide box office of 9.6. So it made seven, a little over $7 million, so it made $2 million more yep. the rest of the world. Not so uh, hot start, but I didn't think this movie, first yeah. of all, $30 million is a lot for this movie. Yeah, it's kind of a pretty big budget, but I think that's mainly location and... That's pretty much it. Like location and the actors, some of the actors, and then some of the um, special items effects. Used. Special yeah. effects, especially. Uh, we'll talk about that more in the spoiler section. All right. So the synopsis of this film. This is a spoiler full. This is a spoiler free synopsis, not spoiler full. Uh, unfulfilled and facing financial ruin, actor Nick Cage accepts a $1 million offer to attend a wealthy fan's birthday party. Things take a wildly unexpected turn when a CIA operative recruits Cage for an unusual mission. Taking on the role of a lifetime, he soon finds himself channeling his most iconic and beloved characters to save himself and his loved ones. All right, Diesel. Here it comes. It's recommendation time. Remember, this is spoiler free. Do you recommend this movie? Why or why not? Go ahead. So this is one of those gray area ones. I don't recommend it, but I don't not recommend it either. It's not one that I'm going to be like, don't go see this. It's horrible. But it's like, it's not one that I, I will vouch for just to protect my future endorsements of movies. It it was good, but it wasn't something that you need to see in theaters. And if you miss it, you're not missing everything, not missing much. But if you see it, you'll find moments that you enjoy. Uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off this. This is another, I'm with you, and it's a gray area. I would say if you enjoy Nick Cage, this is a movie for you, for sure. If you uh, like ridiculous movies, this is also a movie for you. If you are not in those categories, I would say, I would still recommend it, but I would say wait till it comes out on Netflix or such. Uh, No rush to go to the theater in that case, but it's definitely going to have a niche audience in my opinion so i I recommend it for people if you're listening to this show i I feel safe that you probably will like this film uh some of you may not but the majority of you will but if you are you don't find yourself in the line with me and diesel a lot i would say sit this one out uh but with that being said diesel it is time to do it the honors of giving it uh the review it deserves so if you have not seen the unbearable weight of massive talent yet and you are intending on seeing it this is the time to stop the podcast come back to it after you've seen the movie and see what we thought about it what score we gave it if you have seen it or you don't give a shit and you're not going to see it anyways so you don't care if it's spoiled then stay on board because we're entering the spoiler zone And it's spoiler time. Uh, Diesel, let's go over the review. And I, I think this is one of those ones where we don't have to break it down on what yeah. we liked, what we didn't like. I think we can just mix it all up yeah. and say, you know, go overall. I'm going to say this movie was a crazy fucking ride. And it was a satire or attempted to be a satire yeah. on Hollywood. I think it was also a meta film in a lot oh, of ways. Yeah. Very meta. <laughs> it was very meta. That was the whole pretty much premise of the film. And I also would go as far as saying that the plot and story are ridiculous. However, I still ended up liking it. Uh, One of my my dislikes of this film, though, is I felt like they got bogged down into areas that weren't fucking important sometimes. Yeah, there was a weird use of storytelling. Like, once, you know, in the spoilers that you heard was, you know, they get contacted by a CIA operative and all of a sudden, you know, he's doing a mission for them. There is... He bumps into him, and then all of a sudden he's in his mission. And there's, there's no real storytelling in between. It's just, okay, we're doing this now. Okay, 
Gotcha. Also, I think a lot of the budget of the $30 million was spent on the de-aging effect so we could get Nicky Cage. <sighs> Nicky Cage was the absolute highlight. He was the the cat's meow of this movie. I'm going to say he's the best comic relief in yes, the movie. Yes. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, close second. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris's Fink was great, um, and the dynamic between Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal was amazing. I acting say, was good in this yeah, movie. Acting was really good. For the most part. I liked all the actors in the movie, the main actors. Main I, will actors. Say this, I will say this, though. That is one of the things that I would give points off for, though, is that you don't really give two shits about anybody else yep. or really learn too much about anybody else that's not Pedro Pascal or Nick Cage. Yeah. So, like, there's all this, like, woven in stuff about a girl that's been kidnapped. It's the, you know, president's daughter, and they're trying to, to you know, sway votes, and they're threatening to kill her, and that's why the CIA kind of taps Nick Cage, who just ends up being there for a birthday party and a movie role, because yep. they're hoping he'll star in the movie that Javi wrote. Yep. And come to find out, Javi's not the fucking, the crime syndicate boss. It's his cousin. Yeah, it's his cousin, and he's just, you know... That's the twist that comes up in the third act. Yeah, where you're just like, oh, this guy's actually like the head of a crime family. And there's like, oh, no, he's just the face and he doesn't actually do it. He just likes watching movies and loves Nick Cage. Yeah. That's it. So it's it's, it's really weird and, and odd. And and the the third act is really good, though. I will say that. I, I did enjoy the third act of uh, after you get into it. Yeah. And the, and the action portion of the film, I did enjoy that. The twist of there's a double twist because the first twist is the fact that Javi, that, that Nick Cage was right because he says, I, the Javi I know could never do this. And I'm a, and I'm good at reading people because I'm a, I'm, I'm an actor. I'm a thespian. I'm a thespian. <laughs> and uh, he turns out to be right. But then we get the last twist at the end of the movie where. We're in this dramatic scene where Nick Cage drives through the gates of the U.S. Embassy. The guards come out. The drug lord's behind him, and he gets a hold of Nick Cage, and he's got the gun to his head. And the guard, you know, the guards are screaming things. And his and the captive girl, the president's daughter, yeah. points out a knife to Nick Cage's daughter, and she grabs the knife and says, "Dad!" and throws the knife. And while the knife is in the air, they focus on the knife. But when Nick Cage catches the knife and stabs it, you realize. That the person he stabbed didn't look like the guy we just saw. And when he turns to his family, it was no longer the people who were playing his family in the movie. No. It, 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 was, it was a movie. Yeah. And then we go to the premiere day where everybody's clapping and cheering. And then we find out that Javi's movie, Javi and Nick's movie, yeah. gets made. So it was kind of an interesting twist at the end. And, of course, he spends time with his family instead. Yeah. It was kind of cute. Uh, the way they did that, I actually did appreciate. And this movie has one of the best drug-fueled scenes ever. Oh, yeah, um, when they're on LSD? Them on LSD <laughs> was amazing. I can't drive a car in acid. You're going to have to drive. <laughs> We'd have to get out of here. Yeah. It, it was good. Like, the the little way they, they did it to, like, you know, what happened in the movie to, well, we're going to take this as an inspiration for our movie. It, it was like, because you catch it, you're just like, all of a sudden, you're just like, wait, that girl was wearing something different. Wait, that was a different girl. Oh, I see what they did here. Gotcha. That was clever. I like it. Was, that was, was one clever. of my likes. Uh, one of my other likes is we get a scene where Javi asks Nick Cage what his three favorite movies are, and Nick Cage blows it off and just turns the question back on Javi. And Javi says, guarding Tess. I can't remember the other. He says another Nick Cage movie. Oh, no, no. It was the um, the movie that Nick Cage made his daughter watch. That. No, no, no. It wasn't that. It was... Uh, yeah, I that was the number two. It, it was the nope. number two. Because okay. they bonded over that, and then he w wouldn't want to say this. He didn't want to say the third one, but finally he admits that it was Paddington 2. Yeah, Paddington Bear 2. And uh, Nick Cage's like, that's god-awful. He goes, 
oh, it made me cry. So Javi goes, it made me cry the whole time. It made me want to be a better man. So fast forward, next thing, cluts to them watching it, and they're both crying. He's like, you're right. Pennington was a bad, Pennington was a masterpiece. And it gets a call back at the end of the movie because he goes to his daughter, what movie do you want to watch? She's like, well, you're not going to pick it? He goes, no, whatever you want to watch. And his daughter goes, oh, well, have you ever, have you ever heard of Pennington 2? And he was like, that's fine. <laughs> so it was a good callback there. There's some good callbacks in the movie. Yeah, the, the dialogue in the movie was great. And, like, again, the chemistry between them was phenomenal. And then Nicky Cage, the de aged Nicolas Cage, who, you know, goes back to, you know, when Nicolas Cage just wanted to be a movie star, not an actor, a movie star. And that right. was his primary goal was we're going to be a movie star. And he has arguments with him the whole time. And then he has a deep makeout sesh because Nicky Cage smooch is good. You yeah. make sure they know that. <laughs> Nick fucking Cage oh. is back. You know, he gets that out there. Uh, it's 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 overall it's really good. There is a lot, like I said, the plot holes are, are gigantic. But again, once again, it's kind of one of those movies, just like when we went to see Studio Six Six Six, where there's gonna be fucking plot holes. This isn't meant to be like you know. Uh, it, it's supposed to be a ridiculous movie. Uh, was there anything else that you liked or did not like about the movie before we continue on? Well, that's pretty much it. Like I, I, there was. There was a lot of enjoyable moments where you'll find yourself laughing throughout this movie. You might not be like, all right, be behind everything on this, but you'll you'll find a moments of enjoyment out of it. Agreed, agreed. I, I, I that's where we were going. Well, before we give our scores, you know, we like to do a little something before it. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game. And last week, even solo, Diesel regained the crown. Can he keep it once again against himself? He's battling himself because we're changing up the rules of the game a little bit so we can play it solo. We've done it in the past. So normally the the, the uh, game is played by Price is Right rules, which is closest without going over. But since Diesel is going to be competing against himself since Ron is not here, we are going to go within 10 points of the movie, either 10 percentage points or the, the 10. Well, full disclosure, uh, Ricky here at Dragon Master Games, when he found out we was going to see the movie, he told me these things, and I know they change day to day. Give me five either way. That oh, way I you wanna, okay, so yep. five. Slopes. He's going to go within five. Okay. So five either way. So he's trying it down. So five either way. If he gets two out of the first three right, he wins. If he gets one and the bonus question, we'll also give it to him in a tiebreaker. Anything else means Ron regains without being here. So you ready? Absolutely. Diesel. All right. First up, IMDb. Out of 10 using points, what did they give? Unbearable weight of massive talent. Seven. Even seven. And Diesel, you're starting off with... 7.7 7 out of 10. Ooh. See, if you were in the 10-point range, you would have had it. Yep. Five points does not get it. All right. To save it out, Metacritics, critics only. What did they give unbearable weight of massive talent out of 100%? Uh, 73. Ooh, he's doing math. He's doing math. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So close. Yeah, so far away, 67% Metacritic. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> One point away. So you have to get these next yep. two or else you lose the crown. Ooh. So Rotten Tomatoes, out of 100%, what did they give the unbearable weight of massive talent? Uh, 82 Oh, I hate to do it, Diesel. 
88%. You were one point off. If you would have just taken the 10, I, you would have had it. But uh, thank you for your honesty. Well, Google users, just for funsies, out of, out of 100%, what did they give Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? 88. Once again, one actually, off. you got it. Because 92%. Okay, yeah, we're within four. You were in four. Okay. I was like, okay, so you got it. You got that one. So you got one out of four, but that means a new champion, Ron, without being here. He lost it last week and won it back without being here. So when Ron comes back, he is your defending and reigning game champion of the world. All right, Diesel. It comes now time to give our scores for this movie. And first of all, I'm gonna, we're going to go with the nerd score, and then I will give my critic score of the movie, which the critic score is a critic score. But the nerd score is on the nerd scale, and it is an entertainment scale. What this means, it's an entertainment and recommendation scale, I should say. I should change it up, because it really is kind of what we recommend to people, because in its poor form. So something, as we always use, myself and Ron always like to use Maximum Overdrive, which is a terrible movie. As a critic score, it's a 2 out of 10 at best, and that's being generous. But on the nerd scale, we would give it the 4 out of 5. Just take my money. Because it's that entertaining. It's so bad that it actually is entertaining. So that's where this scale goes. And then we, also, like I said, we should change this to a recommendation as well, because we recommend the movie on that level. So with that being said, here is the nerd scale. It is a scale of five. We do not usually use points. We usually have to, we usually force the hard issue. You're right on the money because of what the scale is. So a number one on the scale is no. That means no, don't go see it. Don't waste your time. Don't care if it's free. Don't care if somebody paid for you. Don't care if, if you had to watch it. No, it's just a terrible movie. I don't can't believe they made this shit. A two is you've been warned. And that means it's slightly better than that. It's a bad film still. It's not good. It's below average. It's a bad film. I still would not recommend seeing it, but if you get stuck watching it, you've been warned. A three is, yeah, that's a good film. And what I mean by that is it's an it's the average. It's in the midway point. It's an average film. It's a good film. You know, if you watch, you know, I want to suggest maybe renting it on Amazon or even, you know, going to a theater to see it. But if it comes on Netflix or HBO Max or anything like that, check it out. If your a friend wants to see it and is willing to pay for you, you know, I want to spend money on it. But it's not like you're going to regret the time you were in the theater. It's worthwhile to check out. You probably won't need to watch it more than once, but it's worth checking out. A four on the list is just take my money. That means it's a great movie. That means... Go ahead and see it in the theater. Go ahead and rent it on Amazon. If you really like it after you see it in the theater or rent it on Amazon, you might even think about purchasing it. It's a great movie. It's 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 you know one of those movies that you're going to watch probably more than once in your life, and you'll enjoy. And that means there's only one spot left, and that is Certified Nerd at number five. And these are the creme de la creme. These are the instant classics. These are the movies that will live on in infamy. These are the movies you should see multiple times in the theater. You should buy them, add them to your collection, add them into your movie rotation. The last one that got a clear cut from that was Spider-Man No Way Home. No, the Batman. Oh, the Batman did too. Sorry, I forgot that the Batman did. <laughs> the Batman, Spider-Way, no man, no, Spider-Man. I did, I did your yes. mess up. Spider-Man, no way home. Also, Avengers Endgame is on that list. For my myself and Diesel, I didn't get a perfect one, but for myself and Diesel, Last Night in Soho, also on Certified Nerd. So, with that being said, on the nerd scale, Diesel, what did you give the unbearable weight of massive talent and why? Uh, we're going with a solid three. We're going on the lower end of a three. It was very meta. It's, it was, you'll you'll find something that you enjoy. But overall, I don't think I'll ever see this movie again. And if if someone wanted my honest opinion, honest recommendation, 
and I'm going to do it in the future for other movies, I can't recommend this fully. Yeah, It'll be like, if you want to see it, see it. I'm not going to stop you. It's one of those movies. I'm agreeing with you. We're going to be saying three. I'm going to, eh, it's good. It's good. Ah, it's good. Uh, meaning, I, I, the reasons why, it's very similar. I couldn't recommend this movie to anybody. Like I said, if you're a Nick Cage fan, if you like ridiculous films, it's fine to watch. I could, I'm, I'm with you. I don't ever think I'll watch this movie again. I'm not upset that I saw it, though. Yeah. Uh, if I if we weren't going to see it in a theater and I, for for on your end it was a cheap day for me I have the unlimited pass yep. so it makes it a little easier for some of these movies I mean if you have the unlimited pass I'd go see it uh, if you go on the cheap day it's not a bad idea but I wouldn't pay more than five bucks six yeah. bucks for it and uh, I, I if I was recommending it to anybody I'd say hey if you want to check it out check it out on Netflix or HBO Max or wherever the fuck this goes uh, with that being said though my critic score. So when I was doing my critic score, I'm just gonna give it up front and tell you why. I gave it a six out of ten. I think it's slightly better than average movie, uh, and I, I, want, I almost went with a five and a half, but I decided to just tick it up for six right. because there was a couple scenes in the movie that made me uh, give it a little higher. Uh, Nikki Cage was definitely a little bump in points. The chemistry between Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal definitely gets a little yep. bump in points. Uh, some of the ridiculous callbacks gave it some points. What detracted movies, what detracted it and got, what lost it the most points is I understand there shouldn't be like the, like the plot holes and stuff you could say, but that's not really what it was because I understand this was a ridiculous movie. The plot was never going to be filled. Uh, I thought it was a genius twist at the end, the ending twist. But the problem is that I had with it is everything it tried to be, it didn't quite hit it fully. Like it was a meta film, but it didn't quite hit like... Like, when you think of meta films, you think of Scream. You know, there's other films, but Scream is one of them. Uh, I think it's the, uh, it's the easiest one to describe. And Scream hit, nailed it. This was trying to do that, not in the horror world, but it's trying to do that, and it just fell short. It's not like it failed, but it fell short. Yeah. It was also trying to be a satire film. Think Tropic Thunder, because that'd, that'd be a very good one, because this was trying to be funny while having action. And in the satire department, they did some stuff good, but it didn't quite hit it. It didn't like it, they kind of made fun of Hollywood and the Hollywood ass, but they didn't go all the way. It was like almost like a half ass. They just fell short. Like him saying that, uh, like they they make a comment about how he works all the time and how in Hollywood that's a bad thing because you know you got to make the people want you. But he's an actor and this is what I do and I'm an actor. I like to act. It's how I put food on the table for my family. And so you're like, okay, that's a cool point. But then they never really followed yeah. on it. And you're just like, I wish they would have followed on it. So. I'll, I just came up so a lot everything this movie tried to do it just came up short I'm not saying it failed completely but it just came up short so I I don't feel comfortable giving it higher and I could argue I could even argue with myself to give it a five and a half but I'll give it a six still because I think that it was there was enough fun stuff in the movie that I felt like it was just above average but not nothing that blew my socks off yeah and if they hit all their marks it would just been it would come off more bitter it would come off as like Birdman oh yeah yeah I don't know if they would have. I don't know if they could have succeeded in being a meta and satire film at the same yeah. time. But that's what they kind of tried to do, yeah. and they just came up most short in both of those. And I think that's my biggest reason for knocking off points, and also my biggest reason for not seeing it again. Although, like I said, the the Nicky Cage stuff is phenomenal. There is really good chemistry. I would love to see another movie with Nick Cage yeah. and Pedro Pascal in it, in like a different scenario, because I feel like there's a great on screen chemistry yeah. between the two of them. And there were some really cool jokes in this movie. Yeah. At the end of the day, there was a lot of real fun stuff, but they didn't go completely comedy. They didn't go completely action. So they fell short of that as well. So like, I really, the story tale of this movie was they didn't fail at anything. They just didn't hit what they needed to hit. And so it had to be knocked down in points. And like I said, 
I could really argue myself into a five and a half because I think it was slightly better than average. But I'm going to give it a six. Mostly give it that half a point argument for Nikki Cage. Yes. And Nikki Cage can smooch. <laughs> Nikki Cage smooch is good. You that's right. You know that. <laughs> so there you go. That's what we gave. So together we gave it a three on the nerd scale. It got a six out of ten. It's a decent movie. But can't fully recommend it. If you are a Nick Cage fan, though, I do yeah. fully recommend it. Next week, 3FN Movie Club review will be of The Northman, the Robert Eggers film. I have already seen it. Diesel is not. We're gonna go. I'm gonna go rewatch it again. I will give you a spoiler alert. That movie, very good, and I highly recommend it. Please go out and watch that movie because it is very good. Uh, but we will review it in full next week for the 3FN Movie Review Movie Club Movie Review. Uh, with that being said, though, it is time to pay them bills, Diesel. It is time for us to hit them shameless plugs. That means if you can hear my voice, you know how to find us. But do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. You type three fat nerds into any podcast provider, and booyakasha, there we are. Of course, while you're there, make sure you smash that like or subscribe button so you get our show delivered to you each and every week automatically. We're also on Facebook. Same deal. Type in that search bar, Three Fat Nerds Podcast. There you're going to find our page. Hopefully you're going to like our page. Then you're going to comment, rate, review, help us spread the word of nerd. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Three Fat Nerds Pod. Remember, for all of our social medias, use that hashtag 3FNPod whenever talking about the show. And if you want to talk to us in long form, email us, 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. Of course, uh, here's my double down. Make sure you're following us over on twitch.tv slash 607podcast, especially if you're a wrestling fan, because every Monday night we come to you at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, myself and Ken M. from the ODPH Podcast, talking all things pro wrestling on 607TWS. And of course, if you'd like to hear that show in podcast form, you can find it anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607TWS. You can also watch the replay, because we leave it up for the 14-day maximum you can on the Twitch channel. Also, while you're at the Twitch channel, you might as well want to follow us anyways because we do movie nights. Uh, if you were on Patreon, you would hear we have a slam dunk. We're not going to announce it yet. We have a slam dunk thing we are going to do in the not-too-distant future. <laughs> i got to get all the parties together, but we're going to have a lot of fun with it coming up. And, of course, eventually, one day, one glorious day, we will do that D&D, that live D&D, because I think that's going to be a lot of fun, amongst other things we want to do. I think there was a game night thing that we toss out there that we might play some indie games or something so make sure you're following us there because we're going to do more with that twitch just as to have fun now that things are back up and around and running as a whole uh you know with the pandemic you know being where it is now it's a little safer to make plans because we don't have to cancel them every three seconds so make sure you're following us on twitch and of course coming up this saturday april the 30th at 9 p.m eastern standard time on twitch.tv slash podcast we are going to have the 3fn four-year anniversary extravaganza and that's right we are going to be celebrating four years of the three fat nerds live from the 8122 production studios at dragon master games you can watch it on twitch at 9 p.m eastern standard time replays will also stay up and we're going to put it on a podcast form the very next day right here on the three fat nerds network of podcasting but we are going to, not only are we going to have some fun, thank the fans, have some little Q&A things that, because uh, we had some questions that we'll answer, but the main thing we're going to do is we are going to talk about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That's right. The 1970, I think 73, I could be off on the year, but yeah. it's it's the 70s version of Willy Wonka, the original, the OG, Gene Wilder, goddammit. But it's not a movie review. That's a far end to know. It is more an observational piece about how when you look at it with adult eyes, the complexion of the game completely changes. So you're going to want to tune in. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be funny. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you never know who's going to drop by to be a special guest. That is this Saturday, April the 30th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Also, 
If you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as $1 a month to get a ton of extra bonus content, you can do that on Patreon. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. Make sure you hit us up there. You get the Three Fat Nerds podcast early. You get it uncooked, uncensored, and unedited every week as well. It's a good bonus in its own. During the break, we gave up the idea we're going to do on Twitch.tv slash 7 podcasts in the future. We also talked about the Amber Heard Johnny Depp lawsuit we also talked about uh our weeks in depth and the opening uh, so much more you always want to check it out every week we have a lot of fun with that too hot for the show not about and of course also right now it's where 3fn after dark lives for the time being there'll be big announcements about that very soon as well but patreon.com slash 8122 productions to support the show did you say 8122 productions i sure as hell did diesel as in h t t p colon backslash backslash eight one double deuce p r o d u c t i o n s dot com eight one two two productions dot com for all things eight one two two productions you can find out more about the three fatners podcast there six oh seven TWS you can find uh, like I said all those links uh twitch.tv slash the podcast the patreon link also or the link to the T public store if you would like to support us that way get yourself some cool swag whether it be a shirt hoodie uh phone case sticker whatever you want mug you can get all that and more new designs will be up soon support us over there in t public as well the link is on the website also on the website we have links to our friends that are in bands that provide us with their music but we're gonna give them a shout out right now starting with shout out the robots who does our theme song also our good friend tom jolu second suitor floodlands the jasons from west virginia and the foss fiends from melbourne australia thank you all for letting us use your music support all of those great bands on spotify youtube music and Bandcamp. of course their social links and links to their music are on 8122productions.com under the band section. Also, there's a link for the friends of the show. You heard us talk about the Ocho Duro Parlayo podcast, the ODPH. Go get the link to their website. Also, you can get the website link for Sci-Fi Horror Fest going down August 26th and 27th in Vernon, New York at the Vernon Downs Casino. That's right, baby. It's coming up soon. It's coming up big. You're going to want to be there. Get tickets at scifihorrorfest.com. They are $15 for one day, $20 for the whole weekend. Very affordable. Good times. Will be had by all, I promise. Lastly, on the website, you can find out about our local sponsors. But we're going to give them a shout-out right now because they help bring you this show every single week commercial-free. First up, the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios. That, of course, is Dragon Master Games. Located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And of course, if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events happening at the store, it's easy. Just like their Facebook page, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rex to Rod's Auto Detailing. Located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607 607- 644-3389. When you're ready to put pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds sent you. Absolutely. And with that being said, it is another week down. Hopefully you were entertained and you liked what you heard, because that's what we are here to do is to please. And of course, next week we will be back, of course, with our 3FN movie review of The Northman. And of course, bringing you all our hot takes on pop culture and nerdum. Until then, though. Make sure you take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, Diesel, later, nerds! When you shit in your partner's side of the bed, do you then have to do the duck waddle to the bathroom to wipe your ass? Maybe, but here's a better question. Would you prefer the shit or the horse's head from The Godfather?
Cause it will make 